Well, this morning we've got something a little bit different. There's um, no actual Bible reading this morning, but uh, something that um, recognising God's leading and plan in our lives. And it's a testimony of how Judy and I got together and how God's led us over the years. So do you realise that you're not here by accident? Realise you're not here by accident at Kerrang at this time and this place. You might have been living here all your life, or like uh, Jason, who's only been here a little while, or uh, the Smiths who've been here for nine years, And uh, but we're all here. And uh, welcome back to Colleen and Ross as well too, who's been, a, been away but have come back to the fold, and we really thank you for that. But uh, yeah, it's been great to know that God has put you here for this time and for this place. Fred mentions on many occasions his first message here uh, <clears throat> before he was a pastor, he was still going to the other church, and it was on God has a plan and a purpose for all of our lives. Are we willing to allow the Holy Spirit to show us our purpose? His plan is perfect, and our participation in his plan and purpose is our part. We have to be willing to look. And as you do get older... You can look back a lot. When you're younger, there's not much to look back to. When you get older, there's only heaven to look forward to. No, there's not. God's still got a plan and a purpose for your life. So question as well, do you recognise God's leading and plan in your lives? So just have that sitting there. Today I'll be giving mine and Judy's testimony in how God has led us where we are today. So the first thing we need to establish is our origins. I was born in England, a place called Nuneaton. In, uh, which is in the Midlands of England, about 11 miles from Coventry. If you've heard of Coventry, uh, there was a Coventry city. Uh, the Coventry was bombed during the war. And if you've ever been to England or go to England, if you go to Coventry and see the, the cathedral that was bombed there during the war, and that's now a place of peace. And you can wander around the old ruins. And they've also got a new cathedral which was opened about 1962. But Coventry was uh, one of the centres where they had um, industry. If you like English cars, which I know that uh, Mr Guest hates English cars, Jaguar, Morris, BMC, the Mini. The Mini came from Coventry. Jaguar. <laughs> Jaguar. You're a Jaguar fan, are you? Yeah. Oh, brother. I knew there was something good about you. <laughs> so all these different cars and different places, that was a place of industry and that was why that was bombed during the war. Judy was born in Castlemaine, and if you know where Castlemaine is, not a bad little spot down there too. Castlemaine. Castlemaine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Would someone please take that bloke out? <laughs> and she was born there on the 14th of the 10th, 1958. And we have a map here which shows how far it was. It was about uh, 10,000 miles or 16,000 kilometres from each other. So that's a pretty big area to get from there to here. So the first thing that God had to get us to was get us close to each other. So how did he go about that? So we can see God's leading in this. Even though at that time I wasn't following God, uh, didn't even recognise there was a God, or, well, maybe we used to sing, when I was at school, we used to sing all things bright and beautiful during lunchtime when it was wet or snowing and all that sort of thing. But, yeah, so I recognised there was a God, but wasn't following him at that time. So how did I get here? Um, I can't swim, so that wasn't the way. So I got here 
My parents had terribly itchy feet. They couldn't sit still. They met in Germany during the war um, and uh, they moved back to England. Uh, my father's father had uh, prostate cancer and wasn't, wasn't a well man and they'd, at one stage they were going to go to the Congo when the uh, Mau Mau uprising was on in the early 60s. But that didn't happen because his dad became crook and he stayed and stayed behind. So, But eventually in... Um, 1962, 63, Dad was looking at the TV and they were saying how wonderful Australia was. So he said, righto, we're going. So we jumped on the ship on the 3rd of May uh, 1963 at Southampton and we sailed the seven seas and saw some wonderful things and a great trip down here and we landed in beautiful downtown Melbourne. Uh, we just left winter and we come back to winter on the 31st of May and it was raining as we arrived at... Um, at Station Pier and we got a taxi out to the hostel where we were living at, um, at uh, Preston and on the ship they were showing us these wonderful hostels of, of uh, brilliant and what we got there and there was these Nissan huts. They were cold, they were hot, there was no flywire. They had this thin wall in between the two places. There was a family living there and a family living here and you could hear everything that went on. But anyway, we spent nine months there and then we moved to a place called Eltham which is in uh, northeast of, um, of Melbourne, and that in those days was the bush or the scrub, and it was a great little place to live. We grew up there. I spent 20 years in that area. Um, I was going to the Anglican Church at that stage, and um, my sister was invited to a youth group at Glen Park Gospel Mission, which was a, a smallish church at Eltham North, and uh, I'd been going to the Anglican Church for a while, and then I heard the gospel. And uh, God was able to show me that... Um, I needed to give my life to him. So that was a great time to be able to know that. And it was a great church. When you were there, you grew up under the teaching of missionaries. And that's a really great thing to know, that you grow up in the church with missionary coming in. And it gives you a thirst and hunger to be able to go and serve. And if you went to that church as you got older, part of it was serving, but also for leading each other. Our um, youth group leader was a, a lady who was brought to her church by someone else. And when we got older, we got licences. We went out to other places and brought kids to the church, to youth group. So under that, that atmosphere, we grew up. Um, I did walk away from, from God for many years. but uh, And then when I was about uh, 20 in uh, 1976, the church were praying for me that uh, I'd lose my job or something or I'd be able to get a church. And in September 1976, I lost my job. I was working Sunday morning. I was a long way from God. I was flirting a little bit and coming to, to youth group and to Bible study, but I thought, no, 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 not somebody. But it was something that God was leading, and God was leading them to pray for me. So October 1976, we had one of our girls who was um, had psittacosis or something else, and she was at death's door, and uh, we were having our Bible study, and God said, and the Holy Spirit said, well, what about you, Les? What about you? Where are you going if you die tonight? And I knew exactly where I was going. So that was it. So that was in there and we grew. We were able to participate in church and participate in doing things. And once again, Belgrave Heights was pretty special to me because um, that was uh, one Easter as I took um, communion for the first time and that was special to me. And when I was coming home one night at uh, 1983, I was travelling home uh, from there to where I was living in Montmorency and on the corner of uh, Stud Road and the Burwood Highway where the uh, shopping centre was, I said, well, God... You send me where you want me. At that time, I was doing courier driving. Um, I was um, 
wondering what it was. And then in January 84, we went on a trip to Sydney Missionary Bible College doing some painting with mobile mission maintenance. And then in May that year, after I finished work, I gave up my job in, in March 84. In May 84, we went up to Toowoomba to help build some cabins, log cabins at the Baptist camp up there. And I thought maybe that's where God's leading me, to mobile mission maintenance. But as I said, my training at Glen Park Church was one where it was under the teaching of, I was having an opportunity to be able to get up and speak, opportunities to lead services, opportunities at youth group to be able to do a thing, and uh, was given the training of service and uh, what it was. So I went to a place called Camp Tookley, which is up, uh, Tookley's on the central coast of New South Wales, between Gosford and Newcastle. Beautiful spot up there, Dazza, isn't it? Yeah, wonderful spot. Wonderful spot, yeah. We, Three islands, for those of you who don't know. Yeah, so we, we spent, uh, got up there. And um, some time before, my parents were living down at Liaga, actually, and um, mum was going to church out at Barrafort with the Smiths and the Smiths and the other Smiths. And, but there was also another family there, the Adamswaites. It was um, Fred, we know Fred and Heather, and uh, her mum and dad too, her mum and dad, were there at, at Barrafort. And uh, my sister and I used to come up from Melbourne, we'd go to church there, and one day, uh, this bloke called John Heyman, you know the Heymans aboard? No, Dick knows him. Yeah, John Heyman was actually the manager up at, um, at Camp Turkley and he came and spoke at, uh, at the church of Barrowfoot and said, uh, talking about um, Camp Turkley and how they were having these camps and there was one camp they had for older disabled people and um, he mentioned that one of the gentlemen there uh, did mention that... Uh, his parentage wasn't what it was, so he used that word to say that his parentage wasn't what it was, and I sort of remember that, but I also thought, this is interesting about this place, Camp Turkley. Went away back to Melbourne, that was it. So I was um, out of work, trying to find a job, and uh, I was getting a little bit, not depressed, but a little bit um, down that I wasn't able to find a job, and then this phone call comes, and it was this John Heyman from Camp Turkley would like to come and work up here. Well... I think I was sitting down. <laughs> so I said, yeah, right, I'll think about it, pray about it. And um, little did I know behind the scenes, I thought, well, how did he know me? You know, how did he find me out of how many billion people were in, or a million people in Australia at that time? But he was able to find me, and it was my mother and his mother-in-law had been speaking. So the power of mothers and mothers-in-law. And whether he, she'd mentioned to, my mum had mentioned to them that uh, her son was looking for work, and then John came. Anyway... I went and worked at Camp Turkley and it was wonderful up there. Um, spent four years, we saw kids come to Christ. Um, it was pretty hard work, we were working 50 hours a week, but it was really gratifying at our own camps, like the ones we're going to go to tomorrow, very, where we saw kids come to see Christ and all of our different ones came to Christ or, or see and have an opportunity to show kids Christ. But it was good work, hard work and then... Um, when I walked in there on 7.30 on the 2nd, 7th, 2nd of July 1984, I finally found the place, finally found the boss's house. And um, there was a boss, John was there in his um, beanbag and uh, his daughter Wendy and his daughter Fiona and, um, and then there was this young lady sitting there on the couch and she was knitting and she was wearing a red Camp Tookley jumper. She had a blue denim skirt red tights and hair was all wet and I thought, hmm. I thought, 
You're not here for that. <laughs> You're here to serve God. So that's how I finally met Judy. And we got together. Judy took off to Western Australia on the mobile mission maintenance trip. And she came back again. And it was October. And uh, it was late September. And she was wearing... Uh, <laughs> wearing a, a, like a, a, a brownish coloured... Um, well, um, what do you call them? Uh, things that were under suits. Not a cardigan, a, a, a short sleeve, no sleeve thing. And we had, had yellow elephant buttons on. And anyway, I didn't take any notice of her, her, her not much, of her, her, her lovely new car that she had. She had a, she used, you know, the school used to have a Sandman panel van. Yeah. But she came in a, in a Datsun 200B. But anyway, so that's how we got together. A little bit later, we, um, uh, sitting as we did, we sat and watched TV and we got friends, we worked together. It was a great, great time. And on the 2nd of October, we were watching TV together in what's called the Leaders' Lounge. And, you know, <laughs> so yeah, she didn't hit me. So anyway, that was about the start of it. So that was how we were, got together. So God did a great job getting us those uh, 10,000 miles or 16,000 kilometres. Now, this is Judy's little story. And her story and mine nearly meld. Judy's early life. So she had two parents, a male and a female. Five brothers, one sister, and she was the second eldest. So her parents were uh, reg farmers in Yapping, uh, which is a little place just out of, uh, Campbell, out of Castlemaine. Uh, and she learnt uh, to help out there. Being country kids, you know what it's like. Everyone gets a chance to do anything. Well, everyone's expected to do it. So she was part of that. She went to a little school called Yapping Primary School, high school in Castlemaine, and she worked in retail at Stoneman's Bookstore in Castlemaine. The bookstore's still there on the corner. It's not Stoneman's anymore. Uh, job in OT at the um, Alexander Home for the Aged uh, with her other relatives there, some of them. Then worked in physio and then did her SEN to get qualifications to go and travel. And she travelled to Tookley and uh, didn't do any more travelling after that. But she'd done that uh, where, um, with her church attendance. Her dad was the um, Sunday school teacher, one of them. Uh, Sunday school at Guildford Methodist, closed, and family went to Castlemaine Prezies, which then became Uniting. Went to Castlemaine Church of Christ Youth Group and visited different youth groups. Favourite one was Camperdown Christian Fellowship. So she enjoyed getting around, meeting different people. Uh, she used to go to a church, um, used to go over to Maryborough as well, and a bloke called Linton Smith was over there, and Linton Smith actually was from uh, Barraport, and he was working over there. So she got to go to different places. But church was really important. If she was working in the morning, on a Sunday, she'd go to the Church of Christ in the evening. If, she, if it was a night shift, uh, she might go to Church of Christ, or she'd go to Nighting Church in the morning, day off, go to both, youth group and that. So church... Judy can never say when she actually came to a relationship with Christ, but it's something that's really grown in her and she knows where she is in him. So another one was Christian work camps. So her older brother David um, travelled places in Victoria, New South, went to Mangrove Mountain, which is up on the central coast as well too, Garfield down in Gippsland and worked on the young adults with, uh, as a young adult with trades and she was a really good labourer, and there's still a good labourer, and she's good with a paintbrush as well too. She's good at gardening. Uh, she's good at... Yeah, anyway, I'm not trying to sell her, but uh, she's got enough work at the moment, yeah. So then her involvement in mobile mission maintenance. 
So Judy's brothers were doing different things and uh, Judy felt called to be able to do something uh, which was probably Christian-based and that may have come from Christian youth camps, Christian youth camps, and uh, joined MMM in the early 20s and went to work uh, on work parties. She went to SIL in Darwin on the first trip uh, in a new bus uh, with Max Maddock and a few others. And if you uh, ever get the book, Miles of Mission and Ministries, which was put out in 1985, there's a picture of Judy there standing in front of the bus. Uh, So they were doing grooves and in the evening watching awesome sunsets and actually swimming in the middle of July. And uh, she went painting at Camp Camp Tookley and became head cook. And that took time uh, for MMM trip to Western Australia, Karawang, and then back again to Tookley where she was wet. No, we won't go there again. How she came to Camp Tookley? Once again, there's a bit of a story behind it. Um, there was a bloke called Gordon Blowers who was the uh, manager or the overseer, the boss of uh, mobile mission maintenance. And John Heyman had said, um, I want some painting done. So they're all wooden floors and she used to, they used to paint all the floors. So Judy got that job of painting floors. It was a mongrel of a job, but anyway, she did it pretty well in the whole place, lots of rooms. Uh, John said, I want someone to come up. And Gordon Blowers said, well, I've got a girl. John said, no, I want someone to come up and do it. Gordon Blyer said, I've got a girl. Now, if you know John Heyman, uh, he's quite adamant about what he wants and Gordon Blyer was quite adamant what he wanted and Gordon Blyer's won. So she was able to go out there and do all this painting. So what had happened is that, uh, I don't know if you remember it, back in 1984, Mill's sister and brother-in-law were killed. Uh, that's Bowie's parents. Um, the Harnells, Jeff and Vera Harnell were killed down in uh, Gisborne Way or somewhere in a plane crash. So Merle had come back for the family funeral and stayed some time. So <clears throat> Judy had come down, uh, John and Merle had come down for that. John came, he had to work out, he came to pick uh, Judy up, so uh, pick Merle up, sorry. So they met at um, John's parents' place in Bort and they came and brought Judy back with them. And that's how she got to Camp Tookley. And uh, she got in the car and uh, John said, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And she said, oh, my dad was born at Quambertook. One of the families, uh, yeah, because her dad was born at Quambertook. So she was, a, she was almost a, a local, so that was great. So the, um, that was how she got there and that's how I got there. So how we got together. So the boss said a young man coming to be an assistant manager. Yeah, Okay. So the first day we were painting the office and we had a good time together and we had a bit of a sense of humour. As I said, it's the only sense I've got. And, um, and we just got on so well together. And she's not looking for anything. She'd, uh, she had a boyfriend, but uh, unfortunately that went the other way. And she got on the phone and said, no, sorry, I'm no longer. And I was sitting there in the kitchen as well having my tea going. <laughs> yeah, anyway, but yeah. <laughs> not interested at all. Not interested at all. Not looking for anything. Uh, God had other ideas. So we got together on the 2nd of October and a week later we were sitting around the barbecue and Judy said it's marriage or nothing and nothing didn't happen. So we were married on the um, 18th of January 1986 at Molden Baptist Church and uh, 37 years and best mate and uh, she's been through a lot in our marriage um, yeah, we left Tookley after there was a, a bust up between um, 
management and some of the staff. I was part of management. I ended up getting burnt out and ended up as a mess. And it took some time when I came back to Victoria. We came and stayed with my mum and dad who were living in um, uh, Victoria Street at the time and then um, went for a weekend down at Judy's mum and dad's. So I got a job down there. But during that time, oh, depression and other things had happened and uh, I was pretty fragile for quite a time. It was a time of, of rest and relaxation. That was at Campbell's Creek. Campbell's Creek's just pretty well a, a suburb of, of uh, Castlemaine. Um, so we bought our own house there and there were some things that went on there that um, until you know, God was leading us, but it was a time of, of not real good and Judy, we had three kids at that time or two and one on the way. Uh, but uh, God got us through that time. We thought that maybe we'd go back to Turkey because uh, the boss left, John left, and he went back again. We thought we'd go back there, but that didn't happen. So we looked at a job at uh, Way of Life, which is down at Yellingbow, or was it Yellingbow, down in uh, down the Dandenongs, and we didn't get that job down there. But uh, Little Glen Park Church, we went and saw them and said, well, um, how about if we get this job there, we can be your... You have you as our home church because that wasn't far. Uh, you know, Castlemaine was too far. So we uh, went to uh, went there um, and um, got a phone call on my birthday on the 17th of March, 1993, uh, and it was my youth group leader who was also part of Campaigners for Christ. She was the uh, prison ministry person for Campaigners for Christ, and that ministry is still going till today. And she said, "Well, there's a camp at Chess Hunt." Uh, campaigns were running at that time, would you be interested in that? Does bloke Gordon Parker will give you a ring? And uh, previously to that, once again, I knew who, where Chess Hunt was. A lot of people don't know where Chess Hunt is. It's uh, out from Wangaratta, up in the hills in the King Valley. Um, that's God's own as well. But uh, we'd been there with Marge and a youth group as well too. The, uh, we used to go and stay at Rose River at a house which the uh, secretary, her brother, owned. So I knew the area. We'd been past the camp, knew where Lake William Hobble was. So we went up there, had the interview, and uh, Judy said, if we don't get this, um, I don't know what was going to happen, but anyway. But we were there, so God took us there. So we took there for eight and a half years at Chessunt, which was a great time, um, and we saw kids come to know Christ. Our eldest daughter uh, came to a relationship with Christ at one of our camps, and we saw the place go from nothing to really something. And um, it was, as I wrote in my leaving notes that uh, someplace you loved because it was a great area, great atmosphere, great things happened, but also you hated because of the things that, that really happened. Within the first month, we had uh, the bridge over the main river fall down and then um, the phone was out for seven days and then this windstorm came in and knocked some trees down. So I thought, you know, what are we doing here? But you know, God had it all in place. I left a job where we were getting paid a wage. We went there without anything. Uh, there was no wage. Uh, we didn't have to find our own um, commitment there. We just went and did. But uh, at first there wasn't much. And then um, the government saw that we needed more money. We had uh, four kids, at the, well, three kids at that stage. So the family allowance grew. And God was faithful in that. And we believe that you know God uses all areas to be able to support you. It's not necessarily people from the church giving. But God, if he wants you there... He'll lead you there and he'll supply the needs. And we never did without that time. And um, as it went on again, uh, further on, um, Judy was able to get some work at after school club. Uh, and 
that was great, that we're a bit more in front of it. And uh, as a kid for growing in different schools, we were able to have an influence there, uh, part of the school council, and uh, it was almost, we went to church with the principal, and uh, our son says to his mates, I used to go to church with my principal when I was at school, which isn't, can't say much, but uh, no, no, that's like here too, we should go to Christian school, we can go to the principal anyway, Lance, but yeah, so it was those sort of things that we were there. Um, we did eight and a half years there, and uh, Judy felt time it was to give up on uh, after school club, and then we went the whole day to Campbell's Creek, which we still had the house, which was great. We were able to sit there and felt God calling, well, it's time to come back to Campbell's Creek. So we gave them six months. And in January 2002, and I stayed until February 2002 uh, to finish off what needed to be doing, uh, we moved back to Campbell's Creek. And little did we know that Judy's brother at that stage, his marriage was in a real mess and breaking up. And Judy's dad ended up having a triple bypass. So God brought us back for that. I was able to work with her brother uh, and we worked together and we're still really close. To, well, the whole family's adopted me as one of the families, so it's great. So back to, um, we turned to Campbell's Creek and spent eight years, or seven and a half, eight years there, where we served at the Church of Christ and uh, different ones in different places, uh, in different things. And God was able to lead us through that time and uh, learned some skills there. Um, I managed the service station and some of the OHS skills I'd learnt there I was able to take back later. And just the way that God led us to that place, and we were there in that time. I was able to do some preaching, I was part of the church, I was a secretary, Judy was the catering person, and uh, several other things. So God led us to that time. Now, kids were able to go through secondary college. Our eldest daughter went down to Melbourne to Yitz at um, Year in the Sun down at um, down to Bible College down in Melbourne too. So there's these things that we saw that God was leading in in this place. So um, we used to have young people come across uh, through the school. We used to get them to come and stay with us from overseas. We had a, a girl from Germany, we had a bloke from uh, Denmark, and we had another girl, an English girl from Germany who was living in a, in a base there. So she was the last one that came across, and we thought, well, we'll do the touristy thing, Phillip Island, go and see the penguins. That was great. Up to Sydney, Opera House, Bridge, jump on the Manly Ferry, go across to Manly, go and look at Manly, and then there's an aquarium, and we did that. Then we trip off up to Judy's sister's place up at uh, Port Macquarie, which was great, and uh, the last girl wanted to get a photo with a, um, with a lifesaver, so one of the mates was a, a lifesaver, so a picture of her and this, this lifesaver standing there to take that to all her friends in Germany. So we thought we'd come back, and uh, on the way up there, actually, we dropped in at Tookley. It would have been, I don't know, 25 years since I'd first gone there, and we went and had a look around and talked to the manager and blah, blah, blah. And on the way back, we thought, well, we've got a little bit of time. We'll go and uh, show a chess hunt. So we were walking, went to chess hunt, and uh, uh, we went to the house and met the uh, the wife of the the, 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 the then manager and said, uh, yeah, how are you going? And um, unfortunately, her husband had had two hip operations, so he wasn't able to continue on the work as much as he could. So we walked across to the dining room, shook hands and said, G'day, how are you? And he said, uh, do you want your job back? As we put the jewels back up and we went, yeah, oh, I didn't hear that. So we went for a ride up powers so look out and came back and we really felt that God was calling us back to go there. So we went back to Chesson again and um, we spent four years there. Um, once again, the place had gone back financially and otherwise and we were able to see that, that grow again. And what it's grown to now, we really feel that we'd had a part in it. 
I had a plan. I'm one of those planning sort of people in some ways. I like things to be neat and tidy. So I was going to finish up on uh, 19, uh, 2016. Would have worked out I'd been there 15 years and I was 60 years old and we'd go back to Campbell's Creek then. Yeah, righto. <laughs> God had other ideas and God's leading was that. And uh, at the end of 2012, I had my first um, bit of an input into chronic fatigue syndrome and then in... Um, as I, things went downhill a little bit uh, during the first part of the year, things got worse uh, and worse. Uh, and then uh, we were having a working bee and uh, I was walking back from where we were to the house and I started going really slow and really slow and the, the boss of the committee said, well, how long has this been going on? And Judy told him, we fessed up. I've been trying to tell them at meetings that things were happening. So they sent us on three weeks holiday, which we did, came back, brought us about, well, it didn't really because I kept, yeah, we went up to see Kay's sister, Judy's sister Kay, and I went for a walk down to Warhope, down to the shops and come back again and Judy had to pick me up. So things were not really good. So I came back and uh, we had a, a group come in the following weekend, which was um, uh, men's um, muster, and uh, I cooked for that. Things were going really well, had a great week and uh, it was a great time there. And then the following week we had uh, God's squad come and went and said g'day to the, the leader of that and had a bit of a chat with him and then come home. And next thing I know I'm on the floor. Couldn't move. I was trying to get to bed uh, in the passageway, trying to crawl up there to get to bed. Uh, and Judy had to get me into bed the whole bit. I thought this is not good. So that was the first big crash with chronic fatigue and that lasted for about six weeks or so. So when I first got crook and finally got, um, did finally got uh, diagnosed, I called God into it and God was all part of it. And I said, well, God, I can't do this on my own. And he was all part of that. And he's been there for the last 10 years going through it. And without him and without the Holy Spirit leading, I can't do. And that was something I've really found. Nick Wojcik, I don't know if you've heard of him, little bloke, no feet, no arms, not much of him actually, but uh, he's a great speaker. But I was reading his book and he said, well, he prayed for healing for his body. He thought he'd wake up one day with arms, legs and that, but no, he didn't. But said, God healed my soul. God healed my soul. And God healed my soul. I know that he's there. He's with me day in, day out. And he's leading in that too. So it was time to uh, move on. I remember sitting there one day doing my devotions and um, reading something in the Bible and uh, getting angry and I threw the Bible and that was the end of my living Bible. It was dead by that stage. I'd thrown it, it was broken up and I said, there's a load of bollocks. Well, not that word anyway, it was a load of bollocks. There were times when I was down but God was still there. There was other times when I was down and God was still there and he led me through these times. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will be with me. They were there. God's always been there. We thank him for that. So what are we doing in Crane? So we had a house in Campbell's Creek. We had a, a mortgage on it, which wasn't going anywhere. So um, we did a, thought we'd sell it, which we did. Got a reasonable price for it. And then we thought, well, where are we going to go? Uh, you know, we were still saying a chest under that stage and... Uh, how about going to have a look at Kerrang? Because we knew Kerrang. So Judy came up here on a recce one week and went in diff different places and saw the two uh, Mard Gillies and um, 
the other bloke, uh, and Mark showed us a place down in Boundary Street. And Judy said, oh, it looks all right. So she came home and told me all about it. So in January 2012, we came across here for a holiday and we um, stayed in the caravan park here in town and uh, Mark took us around and we said, that's it, yeah. So we were able to buy that, wipe the debt and then have enough money left over to be able to do some needed repairs on it. We still needed repairs on it, but it's still... Anyway, we'll get around to that eventually. Needed repairs. So God led us in that direction, not knowing it wouldn't be all that long before we moved back over here or moved over here. So Kerrang has been our home for the last nine years. That's the longest I've lived in any one house at any one time in my 67 years. So we feel at home here, but just of recent times I've said to God, well, we're quite settled here. Um, I've been praying and, and seeking God. Is this where we continue to be? Is this where you want us? And there's been nothing come up. So at this time, at this stage, we're willing to stay here until we move up to the top of town into our downsized unit. But if anything were to come up, we're willing to go where God wants us. So where to from here? Well, as I said, this is where God believes we are. There's one thing, and I'm talking to some of the older people here, God's been putting on my heart over the last quite a few years, what can we do for those that are 70-odd plus? That's a retirement town, isn't it? There's lots of older people out there. They've got the U3A, they've got other things as well, but how are we going to share Christ with those older people? Because as I said before, a lot to look back on, but probably not much to look forward to when you're getting to this stage in your life. So if any of our older people or others have got some other ideas how we can do this, please, I'd love to do it. We'll put it in our, in our strategic plan even. But that's where we go from here. So once again, we'll go back to this question. Are we willing to allow the Holy Spirit to show us our purpose? His plan is perfect and our participation in his plan and purpose is our part. So what is our purpose? What is your purpose? What was Jesus' purpose? To do his Father's will. He came to die for us. He came to take sin for us. But it was to do his Father's will. And that's what we are to do. And it says in John 6.38, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do your will of him who sent me. It's not just about service of what we can do. It's how we go about our lives. It's about surrendering your will to align with God, just as Jesus did. It's about surrendering your will to align with God's will, just as Jesus did. It's allowing the Holy Spirit free reign to do as he will in your lives. You need to be more like Jesus daily, committing your lives afresh to him. And unless we do this or you do this, we'll be doing service in your own strength. It's up for you to decide. This day, who are you going to follow? Are you going to willing to give your lives completely over to Jesus? Whether you've been here for 100 years or only for a few years or a few months. You see yourself here in this place that God has put you here and your purpose is to do your Father's will. How are you going to do your Father's will here in Kerrang? That's a challenge. 
because we need people doing their Father's will so we can continue as a church. We need everyone to do the Father's will so that as a church we can reach out to those in our community. What's your giftings? What's your talents? What's your passion? How are you going to do it? Let's just pray. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to be able to share. And, Father, just continue to be with us as we go on and just bless us, we pray in Jesus' name.